Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Nobody's Listening to This Music Podcast podcast. I'm Andrew. And I'm Eric. And today, we're talking about the one thing that people want us to talk about. The most relevant episode to date. I think from the, like, where we're coming from, both of us, uh, Mm -hmm. primarily listening to one kind of music or the other, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like maybe this is, if anything, this is maybe geared a little towards you, your side of listening. I could agree with that statement, yeah. But I also just like listening to things that are sad, and this kind of falls into that category a little bit. Uh Uh-huh. Um... This is like, I don't know. This is like, um, I'm trying to find a way to like draw a comparison between this and counterparts. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I feel I could feel a, there's some slight string there somewhere. I there's don't know exactly like, what it is, but I think the string is existential dread. Okay, sure, yeah, for sure. Um, that's funny, dude. How about we let's start with our. So, you know, Taylor Swift has been around okay. for a long time. Let's start with our with our experiences with uh, with our girl T-Swift, with our girl Tay. Okay. So the first time I ever heard one of her songs, I was uh, waiting with my uh, dad and stepmom and mm-hmm. uh, siblings at a Texas roadhouse to be seated. And for sure. Tears on My Guitar was playing on a TV yeah. in the background. And I was just yeah. kind of like, get this out of my face fucking face bro uh-huh yeah i feel like i feel like i either know taylor swift from your sisters or from danny Pittman's sisters probably at right. the same time but what was the one with the screen screen door and like oh i have no idea dude it's the big one it's <laughs> i i really actually i like the song a lot now um but at the time i was like this is stupid dude but then i remember in like like <clears throat> maybe it was the beginning of college mm-hmm. and i was like i kind of remember that song kind of kind of slamming or you know what it was it was i was working at home depot at the time so i think it would come on the radio and i was like it this happens all the time where like now i'm kind of like the music we were listening to in high school was like so poppy and like super right. like one step one half step away from the radio or whatever mm-hmm. so there's a lot of times where like there would be pop music that I wouldn't give a chance at all as a kid and then like just a couple years distance being like this is not different than what I listen to at all. That was me and the Killers for a really long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You <laughs> love the, the Killers, dude. Dude, the so there's that like one uh album Hot Fuss or whatever. Yeah, that's a big one. That I was like I remember seeing listening to like Mr. Brightside on yeah. the radio when I was a kid and just being like so against it. Just like uh-huh. no, I don't want to yeah, listen yeah. to this. And right. then then I'm like 14, 15 years old and I'm like, "Well, wait a minute." Dude, that's like one of the better songs ever, I think. Right. That song <laughs> is so good. That song yeah. is so adjacent to panic at the disco it's not even funny oh yeah totally very much so actually brandon and brendan right brandon flowers brendan yuri might as well be the same dude they wear suits 
Right. Same so, thing. Similar voice. Kind of, in a way. Like a baritone, maybe? Yeah, they both, at that time, sang, like, a lot of very monotone stuff, but I think yeah. Brendan Urie is throwing a little bit more Patrick Stump flair in there. At That's for sure. Around the same yeah, time. Yeah, some more flavor. Right. So, I can't get over the fact that I still genuinely, like, don't like to see Taylor Swift's face, right? Okay. Yeah. So, sure. I, so I think because I held such disdain for her music for such a long time, yeah. When yeah. I see her singing, it annoys me. Okay. Yeah. There's something about her that, like, <clears throat> so, like, you know, I was saying, yeah. And I think we're on the same page, just kind of as kids, just like, all right, this is like for this is for the sisters. This is some girl stuff. This is like Disney Channel. Kind of country, too, so really out of my wheelhouse completely. And then at some point, maybe like 2014, being like, oh, Taylor Swift is kind of cool. And then she put out that one album with, like, Shake It Off and, like, some other stuff like that. Right, real poppy. And super-duper poppy, but also, like, oh, oh, I'm feeling 22, dude. That's I see, love yeah, that one. I was going to say the last time Taylor Swift was relevant to me before this album was when yeah. I turned 22 years old. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, like, but when that album came out, I was like, oh, damn, okay, this is cool. I remember there was also, like, a SNL skit. Like, it was, like, some sort of, it was one of the digital shorts. It was some, mm-hmm. the sketch was, like, basically that there was, like, some prescription for if you felt like you if you realized you like Taylor Swift music or something, I forgot the premise, but either way, it was basically like, oh, everybody actually just likes Taylor Swift, even if they don't want to admit it kind of thing. Right. And then I feel like maybe, so that was like 2014, 2015. And then I kind of remember her doing, being like weird around the election last time or like not making a statement or something like that. Or like, and then I was kind of turned off to her for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, she really goes in waves for me where I'm like, oh, I don't care for her at all. She annoys me. And then I'm like, oh, but this is this hook, though. And then and then she gets back into the doghouse for a minute. Right. It, what really turned me off of Taylor Swift for years and years yeah. Yeah, was yeah. how poppy it was. And mm-hmm. I was just I like couldn't get behind it. This right. album takes like a step back. And mm-hmm. probably doesn't yeah. appeal to as broad of an audience. Yeah. But appeals to me in a way. Like... I feel that. <clears throat> so, do you know... D- I sent you that Miel record, right? Miel, that sounds familiar. The one that I, like, texted it to you. It's... She has the Punch Up the Jam podcast on HeadGum. Oh, that's why I know her name. No, I haven't listened to this, but... uh so very very similar like breathy yeah. vocal sad vibe it's like yeah okay that's like huge right now yeah that's what the kids like the kids like the breathy you know like the um the billy eilish or uh you know uh phoebe bridgers have you you know her at all no i'm unaware similar vibe though the the quiet thing very subdued that's so that's my biggest takeaway from this album is how it's like if I'm picturing like the waveform, it's mm-hmm. it's all very low. It's all very low, but there's depth within the the skinny 
sound wave. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. it's very subdued, but there's a lot going on. There's still like a lot of depth and that really impresses me. So the reason that I got into it yeah. is, is much sillier. You had a, okay. a very critical thought about why you liked it. And the reason that I yeah, liked yeah. it uh-huh. is, is because I was like, this is new to me and uh-huh. to the artist. That's cool. That's a good... No, that's cool. And I was like, this is good. I like this direction that she's taking mm-hmm. with this album. I genuinely... Yeah enjoy sad music right counterparts is one of my favorite bands that should tell you enough about who i am as a person <laughs> what's um, what's kicking around up there <laughs> <laughs> um but through some of this like really sad like subdued music you really yeah you get some you get some pop hooks in here no for sure there's so much I want to talk about with this and I feel like I'm I'm like missing on stuff as we're going through the songs even already but the just but just while this song is on the last great American dynasty this one I don't know what's going on here lyrically um if she's describing like some like some 1920s like magical couple or like her and a boyfriend or something so um, this could be me knowing things that I have no business knowing or am completely wrong about okay okay i think she bought an old kennedy house in rhode island oh okay see that's the thing with her too she's super like uh like coming from money that's a turn that is a turn off for me general like just the way that like her dad is some big record dude or something right so I think I think this is like a a song written from the perspective of very good mug. Um thank you. I think this <clears throat> song comes from the perspective of somebody watching somebody's life unfold. Yeah. Okay, sure. And there's a lot I just picture there's a lot of references to that woman and then like yeah a bunch of things about a house and then there's the line and then it was bought by me oh okay okay sure so i i really so maybe it's like telling the history of the home or something right and then she then replaces all the she's with i okay in the next chorus so i I just picture yeah so many people from like taunton high who were like in reality, like middle class or upper middle class, perhaps mm-hmm. listening to that song and where she's like talking down on like new money, being like like thinking of themselves as like old money, like right. I just, you know what I mean. There's like a very specific group of people who I'm who I can there's, picture as like <laughs> there's nothing really that wrongfully identifying more. with that song. <laughs> there's nothing that annoys me more than the distinction in between new and old money. It's money. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that piss. That's when you. That's when you know you're kind of a scum. No, when you are a scumbag. When you're like, oh, that's new money. Oh like, no, no, no. This is new money. I made this. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, how so about dumb, dude? How about this? This dude or the guy? The, 
Yeah, Bon Iver. Just getting it. So funny. I hope Jake's I... listening to this episode, because I'm just going to say it. <laughs> bon yeah, <yeah>. Iver. <laughs> he used to get so <laughs> pissed at me yeah. when I do that. Uh-huh. Dude, it's Bon Iver. That's so funny. I feel no, like I have used to get ex- real French with it too. I feel like maybe that's just me projecting. <laughs> that's that's but, hilarious. I'd yeah. love for that to be true. I feel like I have zero experience with uh, Bon Iver, um, and I don't love this song. I kind of don't. I'm not digging his voice on this, honestly. Right. Uh, I feel like the the these arrangements and stuff they're just so like delicate and like soft and like her voice on it feels really nice and he's just like coming in like this and it might even be a little low for him and I'm like so, alright dude what I think <clears throat> I have actually some some real life music critic thoughts about this let's hear song it. let's hear it so the melody he's singing in the beginning yeah, is yeah. so very obviously written by Taylor Swift oh wait one second my headphones just died Oh, that sucks. One second. Okay, I'm just gonna switch. My mic is good, so. Okay. We won't edit this. Don't edit this. I'm not gonna. I wouldn't dare. <laughs> Trust me, All I right. wouldn't. Play by play. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Alright, I'm back. He's taking the headphones off. He's back. I'm not sure exactly what he's doing. If he's letting me play out of the... I, no, I got the buds. I'm no longer monitoring my mic. Okay. So hopefully Good. it just keeps working. Um, yeah. And I'm just listening to my laptop on my earbuds. Perfect. So we'll see okay. how this goes. So my thought was about this is mm-hmm. the first melody he sings is so very obviously written by Taylor Swift, right? Because okay. then she, she goes on to sing a similar melodic phrase. Yes. But later on in the bridge... Um, mm. he's singing something else in a different register, which I believe is where the actual feature comes in. Mm. I think his feature is the bridge. Like, I think okay. he wrote all of that part, melodically at least. Gotcha. Like, that's where his, like, writing, like, that's where he... That's where the collaboration it. happened. I'm assuming okay. he came into the studio and... Taylor was like, okay, well, here's the theme of the song. I have this written mm-hmm. already, but when we get to the bridge, I'll just, like, you take the reins. Toss it to you. That's cool. That makes sense to me. That also brings up a really important thing for this for me, which is, so this is, it has to be a quarantine album, right? Yeah. From what I understand, um, it was co-written. Yeah. Almost. And, well, yeah, so... Um, Every a lot of stuff was half written or pre written by either the producer or Taylor, who is Jack Antonoff. Are you familiar right. with, with Jack Antonoff? I'm not. So Jack Antonoff was in Fun, and ah, uh, that he's also makes he is Bleachers, sense. I think. Oh, okay. And he, dude, so he's like big time pop producer. He does like Lord, like her Lord. Lord's yeah Lord Lord's last album was like Lord. all him, 
and so this is where this is where this stuff this is where I get cynical with pop music and this is where I start to be like like okay I like this album is does that mean I like Taylor Swift though how much of this is right. Taylor Swift how or much do you of this... like the, or do you like the guy that wrote it right which like because I'm pretty sure he's bringing in like the production on this album is insane that's kind yeah. of my favorite part the the songwriting is there too for sure but the production is what's really impressing me and then I'm just like well is this quiet thing is this Taylor Swift's idea is this his idea I, be- I believe she writes all the lyrics I, I believe yeah. that she writes a lot of music too I think I've known that about her in the past but I do wonder how much of this you know what I mean like I'm, I just am yeah. curious about maybe I'll try to let's see if we can bring up some credits but but also just the because you brought up the Bon Iver in the studio mm-hmm. I wonder how much of this was like in studio stuff or if these are just like bouncing tracks back and forth on email you know what i mean i bet it's something similar to that yeah i wouldn't doubt that internally the record labels or something have like some crazy server that they like transfer files on to keep them like locked down right here i'm i'm i just texted you or discorded you uh Full full songwriting production credits for folklore. Okay. Oh, dude, there was just this thing at the bottom of the screen, like one of those cookies things. Yeah. And I just clicked allow, and then I saw above it there was a checkbox that said "Do not sell my information," and I didn't click that. Whoa. Oh well. Sell my dude, information, they got, I guess. Dude, the fader got my data. Dude, wow. <laughs> the amount of instrumentation played by people all over the world yeah is insane cool so yeah this is very like this is all over the place okay and then i'm just looking at aaron Dessner. okay i'm seeing a lot of yeah i'm seeing a lot of aaron Dessner as well oh okay so i didn't i figured the whole thing was was anzanoff i don't see his name yet i think he i think he might have just done exile okay my Tears Ricochet, he's on that one too. Okay, but it is written by Taylor Swift. Okay, so she is... All of these have at least written by Taylor Swift or written by Taylor Swift and someone else. Okay, so, so what I'm assuming is she wrote them and then they bounced them back and forth and tweaked. Yep, for sure, for sure. Cool, alright, respect, Tay. Sorry to, to discount you as I did, that was lame. Uh, no, but, it's, uh, I think in the, in the pop music scene... That's yeah. That's a plenty fine thing to be like. I don't know if she wrote all this shit. Yeah, you got a question, especially sixteen tracks too. Like it's a lot, but it it does seem like this is all over the place. So, I mean, okay, is, like, is it that crazy to think that she wrote sixteen tracks? She's been shitting out music on a yearly basis yeah. for the last what fifteen years. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so this one too, a big another big point that I wanted to bring up with this stuff is like the vibe and the energy around this mm-hmm. kind of release. It feels like just this photo that she used for the fader. It's very like minimal, just clean looking, uh, shot on film, just kind of she's in like a cozy sweater on a dock. Like yep. very kind of just stripped back, kind of simple. This album art makes me think a lot of, and there's a couple other parallels that I'll try to remember because I thought of them 
while we were talking so far between uh, Taylor Swift and George Harrison. So this art makes me think a lot of the all things must pass um, art. So let me let me send you a picture of that real quick before I get going on the rest of this. Um, But so, okay, so so for reference, the Beatles were 1960 to 1970 okay right um so do you see that art yeah okay so this is that's kind of similar right the trees the in the field kind of in the open in nature it's kind of the same tone of black and white even Mm -hmm. anyways so all things must pass is a double lp that comes out in 1970 so the beatles break up and directly months later george harrison puts out like 20 something 30 tracks dude like right can you imagine just and he was putting out music with the beatles they definitely like shorted him on a lot of stuff there's a lot of songs on all things must pass that he even wrote as early as like 65 that just john and paul just weren't like they were like weren't no we're just gonna yeah we're just gonna do our own stuff george you can have like one song on the album so he was just like banking tracks for years but anyway, that album has kind of like a stripped back, generally, vibe too. Uh, it's sort of a rebirth type thing. And I feel like that's really where this is too. And with the pictures in nature and stuff like that, it kind of makes me think of that. Um, also, oh, what, what made me think of it earlier is Teardrops on My Guitar, right? Yep. That's Taylor Swift. Then there's, uh, you know, While My Guitar Gently Weeps, George Harrison. Of course. Which I'd always, I'd always thought that was like a funny, like, you know, parallel, like even years ago. But yeah, I feel like she's really trying to channel, or maybe just coincidentally, but I'm picking up some, some George vibes. Yeah, twenty three tracks, so it's it is a double LP. All things must a pass. A part of me kind of wants to rip into the album and call it unoriginal that she's doing this after a million people mm-hmm. have done it, but like, I can't really because yeah. there's been a million times where I've listened to a record and gone. I'll write a record that sounds just like that. Yeah. I.e. when I sure. wrote all the hard home stuff, I was uh-huh. listening to Balance to Composure on repeat. That's funny. And I wrote a Balance he- to Composure album. So, like, it... Yeah, I feel like recently I've been playing guitar a little bit more and mm-hmm. trying to, like, write stuff and, like, just even recording, like, just half ideas just to, like, have something down. And I've definitely given up, like... Because I used to really, whenever I would write music, be like, nah, I've heard a similar chord progression of this. This sounds like that. This sounds like that. And then I would just, like, toss it and be like, nah, I'm not going to play that anymore. But, like, the other day I was, like, learning some title fight songs. And then I was just, like, jamming on those chord progressions and just, like, just strumming them a little different or just, like, adding, like, one different chord and being like, okay, that's me now. I'm going to take that. (laughs) Because it's, like... And it's not like the end product is going to be anything even close, right? So I'm just like, I've kind of given up the, like, copying idea. And I'm just kind of like, all right. There's only so much music. There's only so many chord progressions, especially in a given world of music or in a given mood. Uh So, like, whatever. Uh, Yeah, my writer's block on guitar has been real. I cannot write a song with a guitar in my lap. Uh Can't do it. That's why the last few days I've been just yeah. like shitting out piano based tracks 
Yeah, that's funny. Just switching it up. I just, yeah, I get the Mac out and I put the MIDI controller on the desk and I just have at it. That's cool, dude. Dude, I need a MIDI controller. You should just get one of the Akai ones. I think they're cheap. They're, yeah, there's some super cheap ones. It has like a little MPC drum pad. I think they're like, I bet you could get one for like 70 bucks on refurb. Dope, dude. Yeah, I'm going to get one. Um, Dude, how funny is it that she went with mirror ball instead of disco ball? Do you think that's what a mirror ball is? Uh, that is what that is, huh? Yeah. Wow, way to, way to switch it up, though, because that's... Disco ball would be a stupid name, and it'd be dumb to hear her say, I'm like a disco ball, but mirror ball sounds so much more, like, artistic and, like... And you can, like, mumble think, it way better. Yeah, it's a little softer for, softer off the off the palette, huh? I, that's one of my favorites off this, for sure. Mirror ball. Yeah, that's, like, very just... A very single vibe. That the melody and the chorus too really makes me think of something else, and I kept trying to like, like pause it and then like and try to hum think. it and and figure it out, and I couldn't figure it out. But sounds sort of familiar. I also notice all these songs are uh, lowercase, and the the name of the the album is even in lowercase. Mm -hmm. So she's really going for like a unobtrusive, just you know. Not to uh, thing not to real. interject our own conversation into this, but I just looked it up. You can yeah. get the twenty-five key version of my MIDI controller for eighty cool. for eighty bucks. Dope, dude. That's coming. And this new desk setup, dude. Yeah, I really like. Honest to God, I wish I had a smaller MIDI controller. Yeah, because I yeah, yours looked like a full like not eighty-eight, but like no, a like, couple octaves. It's like sixty there. something keys. Yeah. It, too much, dude. Yeah, I would kind of just need enough to do like one hand at a time, just kind of. Yeah, all of the piano I that I've, I can't play with two. Yeah, I can't play with two hands anyway. All of the piano that I've written <laughs> has been me playing a piano lead with one hand, and yeah. then with the other hand playing the chord progression, but not at the same time. Right, like on a second track. Yeah, because yeah. I, I absolutely cannot. There's like no I could. Way. Yeah, the amount of like the amount of piano I could play or whatever like we have the synth in the back of the store that i'll mess yeah. around with sometimes but like yeah if i were to record anything i could really just do it like on musical keys on garage band pretty much yeah that's kind of that's how i did uh piano stuff for the longest time you remember yeah. me like punching in drum tracks oh, yeah. on my keyboard yeah that's how i always used to do it yeah i was doing that the other day and i couldn't get it right it was really frustrating but yeah um <clears throat> There's, like, a few songs on this album that just, like, don't really hit it for me, but are, like, yeah. like pretty good. Like, mm -hmm. Seven. Yeah. For me, it's just... Not for me, dog. Big a big shrug. So, I feel like one thing about this album, when I listened to it uh, the first time, it was on headphones. Yeah. And I was, like, fully vibing out. I was, like, not fully vibing out, but vibing out as much as you can to this album while, like, laying in bed uh -huh. with headphones on. But I think correct, you know, to the to what the music is. Uh, and I was, like, this is sick. This is so cool. Like I said, the, the, the dynamics in what little 
audio there is was really cool, really nice in my headphones. And then I tried playing it in the store a couple days later, and it was like, I was, no, it was just, it felt so, like, so average and, like, kind of just, like, yeah. It felt like it felt like the Taylor Swift song. It was like, oh, okay, that's that's cool, I guess. A while ago, I used to say things like, "This is a headphone album," or like, "This is a headphone song." Yeah, or this is a car, whatever, blah. Yeah, this is a headphones album. This is a headphones album, without a doubt. Yeah, because there's this is meant to like sit in your sit in your house at night and like get a little sad and yeah the, maybe you make a little sad margarita or something. A and, sad margarita. <laughs> Any margarita by yourself is a sad margarita. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> um, hey, you know what's really funny? What you what? So you know how like your computer can like serve you ads based on what you like? Yeah. So. Tell me why I like I do not drink, like okay, yeah, at all. That's right. True. I know that to be true. I am getting you. served wildish tea ads. Oh, like you wouldn't <laughs> even tea. believe. See, I don't even know that they they haven't got onto me yet. They sent it to the wrong guy. Wildish tea is like the claw version, of, but like it's tea. Oh, uh, okay. I wonder about that. I think it's just like you know, like Ar- Arnold Palmer was just kind of like. Right. That sounds like it'd just be like watery tea. It's like there's some it's stuff like, that's it's just like vodka like, tea. It's like <laughs> Yeah. Like, dude, I'll do like a uh uh like a LaCroix with some tequila every once in a while and it's not great. Right, that's it's just watery. They call that they call that a LaCroix. Oh yeah, see I knew there was some name for it, but I don't yeah, I don't know not, if that's what they call them. I came up with that on the spot. Oh, I've heard like trashy something. Oh, okay. or maybe you just are trashy if you're doing that. Trashy, the trashy Florida. Frenchman. Yeah, there we go. But so then it's like there's some stuff because that's just like trying to make a white claw out of uh, yeah other ingredients. That's exactly but it doesn't what that work is. as well. And so like then I'm like skeptical about like tea with tea tea seltzer. That just sounds like watered down tea. Yeah. But, but anyway, so. Now we're on to August, and yeah, this song it's August right now. Sounds the most like an old Taylor Swift song. Yeah, this sounds like yeah, it OG, does. like 2011. Like, dude, I'll go as far as to say like yeah, 2009. Even I could I could possibly. Imagine. That's very true. This is like, this is quickly jogging its way towards being country Taylor. Yeah, you know, that's funny, too, because by the end of the album, I was kind of like, oh, oh, she's messing around with some, like, slide guitar and stuff. Like, how I've been talking about how, like, I've been more open to, like, right. slide guitar recently and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, she's messing with that, too. And I was like, she's not messing with it. That's where, that's her roots. Like, that's, uh... Yeah, it's like, by the end of the <clears throat> album, you're like, was I just tricked into listening to a country record? Yeah. So... Wow, dude. And okay, how old is Taylor Swift now? Twenty-seven, maybe. Eight. No way. <laughs> she's. I, cause she has an album out in two thousand six. I think she's like sixteen when she puts that out or something. Yeah. Okay. Oh, nineteen eighty-nine is when she's born, cause of that album. So she's thirty. Uh, is that right? Thirty-one. Thirty-one. Thirty-thirty-one. 
That sounds right to me. 20, damn, 28 so, is like, 28 is a, a short ride to 30. Yeah, I feel like like uh, there's so many like celebrities and musicians lately that I've just been like, oh, I can't hear you now for some reason. Oh, there's. I'm, oh wait, here we go. I'm lagging out hard. Yeah. For whatever reason. Um, I'm like watching myself be laggy. That must be weird Hold to on. see. I'm gonna, How am I? Can you hear me now? I'm going to pop out real quick. Okay. How about now? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah. My okay. My camera's so, just lagging hard. Yeah. Okay. But there's so many musicians lately that I've, like, like the other day I sent you, did I send you the Soldier Boy thing? And I was like, yeah, like Soldier Boy Soldier Boy? <laughs> Soldier Boy like, was like, just, just turned 30 or whatever. Yeah, he just turned 30 also. So, and then I'm like, dude, like, Superman, Superman whatever that one was, uh, was, that was like 2006, 2007. He must have been like 16, 17. And like, it's weird how there's like some people that are like really like marketed as like child people, like child stars or whatever, or child musicians. And then there's some people who are just that young and then get like a pass into like full on pop music. And that's kind of crazy. I agree. And you know uh, what really hit me? What? Do you know those early Jake and Amir videos? Uh, yeah. Jake was uh, like, okay, for example, in text uh-huh. messages. Yeah. He was 20. No way. He was 20 years old. That's crazy, dude. And Amir was like 23 or 24. That's so weird. Like, it, that comedy type and that level of, like, you know, that really, Go, I guess that makes sense. Going but like, to look back at that, those are, like, uh-huh. those are, like, hardly funny. Yeah, very just, like, early skit. Like, oh, look, you can, like, film a conversation. Like, that simple. Oh, an- another really interesting thing uh-huh. that, oh, see, it's doing this dumb thing. All right. Yeah. Camera's going off. Sorry. Um, okay. Sorry. If you watch those early videos, you can tell he's mm-hmm. filming himself. Like with his arm holding the camera? Yeah. He was. He, he. That's why he would always frame out his shoulder. That's funny, because dude. Because Jake went on the internet and bought one of those, like, Gorilla Grip, like, f- camera holders. Those were so cool for a bit. It, but then... Um, Amir never did because he was like, "I'm not gonna buy one of those." That's funny, dude. I, lo- I got, I still gotta sign into the um, your the Patreon that they have. Dude, dude chill. You know the that feds are gonna be on me. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, we're not sharing a, we're not sharing a Patreon login or anything. Um, so you know that how people tweet like, girls will know a place and and or dudes will know a place and take you here and it's like a bad place. Oh, I thought you were going to say only dudes know this spot and then it's like the casting couch or something. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Those are that's funny too. But um no. So, do you know the one I'm talking about like uh vaguely. Guys will, yeah, guy, yeah, yeah. Guys will know a place and then they'll take you here and it's like, I don't know, Chili's or something and uh-huh. the idea is like, oh, you didn't know a place. This is just a This, this is a is place a, that everybody knows. Yeah. So the other day I was kind of bouncing around, uh, you know, Tay's, um, Spotify page, my girl Tay. And, uh, I was looking at 1989 and 
there's a song, I Know Places. So then I tweeted, girls will know a place or girls will know places and take you here. And then I, the picture was the album art. And I think it did really well for a couple people who, uh, a couple of my followers who are big T Swift fans. Yeah. Uh, and I think it went over a lot of people's heads. I was that was one that I expected to really blow up. You know, I think the, I think the people who liked it maybe didn't retweet it, and I think that was kind of the downfall. I think that's what happens with a lot of my tweets. Is you know people people don't go out on a limb. They won't retweet. They'll just like. So you, yeah, you had a retweet is a a big commitment for some people to make. Because re- that really is that's that's them saying, listen, th- yeah. I also feel this way. Yeah. And yeah. So, but one that I thought was hilarious. I think this is your best tweet to date. I think if you ever okay. made a greatest hits album of your tweets, this goes on. I there. should do one of those coffee table books of tweets, huh? Right. Um. What was it? It was uh. It, it was the Wanderlust tattoo one. Can you uh? Can you can you run that one back for me real quick? <laughs> yeah, I think that one was something like. I hope all the people out there with wanderlust tattoos are doing okay right about now. Because no one can travel. Right. So I thought, you, you know, there's people who murdered him with that one. Yeah, I, th- I thought that was really good. That, Thank you. I don't think, so I understand that, like, all of your tweets are, like, very meta and, like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're making a joke, but I think some people don't get it. I think that too. I think that's a big issue with my my humor in general. A lot of times I get in in just in real life, I can't tell if you're joking or not. And it's like I don't know. Well, I guess I kind of mean it. Like it's I I do hope that that the folks with wanderlust tattoos are doing okay. But it's just funny that I would say that. I you guess. should start. Uh, hold on. Uh, you need to put like a. Uh, a deep fried meme under all of the, <laughs> under all of the ones that are like um, supposed to be like hilarious, so that people okay. so people know when to laugh. It's kind of like the like the applause. Like I just sent the one to the music. Uh, Let's see this chat. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, sure. So you need that's good. You yeah. need to just put one of those under there. <laughs> to me, that says <laughs> that it's, that that would help. That would help. Right. Uh, you sh- you could do a tweet. I don't, I don't. This isn't necessarily your uh, your wheelhouse uh-huh. here. This is this uh-huh. is more something I might write. But like, right, since right, right. some of you aren't smart enough to understand when I'm joking, here's uh-huh. the indicator. Gotcha. Yeah, that that is more your wheelhouse. But I'll probably I'll probably slip in there. I I might do one of those soon. Um, <clears throat> so one thing that I really enjoy, mm-hmm. as I'm enjoying as we're listening to this record is. I'm watching all of the songs on YouTube. Um, uh-huh. All the songs that don't have music videos have like a looping, um, like 10 second video of just like uh-huh. some trees or like a driveway. Uh, yeah. I want to do some of those. A couple weeks ago, uh, Uncle Dave was asking if I could do a video, and I was like, "I'm just gonna figure out some like little loop thing I can do," and I want I want to set one of those up. Jesus Christ, that tweet you just sent me—that's <laughs> too much. It's dude. Really good. <laughs> so it's <laughs> it's a picture of Drake cr- 
crying. It looks like a lot of tears yeah, on like, his face. Like they they sprayed too much water. Like it doesn't look like accurately where you would cry from. No, it's even. just like his entire <laughs> lid, and then it's like running down his face. Yeah, and it says when she says she's home alone, but you hear two K in the background. <laughs> Dude, there was one. Not to talk about Twitter too much, but when you posted that that picture of you and you look like glitched out in your Patriots shirt, dude, <laughs> that was so funny to me. I don't. Did I tweet that? Yeah, you said you said the episode of my podcast that I pulled down earlier is now back up. Oh with yeah, Nolan yeah. and Jake. Could, what is that photo? Okay, that? so it's a panorama, and I just kind of moved. Oh. I moved with the camera for a little bit of it. Oh, so that's very funny. So it like stretched me out, and I look stupid. That's awesome. Yeah, I like that one a lot. So yeah, back to this art. So like this one yeah. right now, like the uh, invisible string is just a landscape of just clouds. It's just floating cool. through the clouds. And then, like, uh, August was just, like, some weeds blowing back and forth in the wind. Of course. And then This Is Me Trying, I think, is the best one. It's just a picture of a drive-in movie theater screen Mm. with it empty, and it's just, like, a gloomy day. Oh, Oh, cool. Very mood. Very mood. So, Uh, dude... I really enjoy drive-in movies. Have you gone lately? Uh, not lately, but like last season, we went like a mm. lot. That's and cool. That's something that I've always... I, they don't do that much here, but I feel like that's going to start getting bigger, you know? I think drive-in movie theaters were like kind of going the wayside by the time that Hawaii was getting to like its peak of popularity. Probably, huh? Because yeah, like it was like what? the like, 60s. Like... It, yeah. That's when Hawaii was, like, real popular. Yeah, I th- well, yeah, I bet there's people that would know a lot better than me, but I'd say, yeah, probably after the 60s or 70s, it, it turned into just kind of like anywhere else, like, building up-wise, but maybe, yeah. like, yeah, 50s, 60s, it was still pretty rural. Yeah, so, like, we have two of them in New England that I know of. There's, like, one mm-hmm. in Rhode Island, and there's one in Massachusetts. Gotcha. And they're so they're in their like dedicated places, huh? Yeah, one of them's uh, yeah. they're both shitholes. Of course, yeah. Like the pavement's fucking terrible. One of one of them's you like know, paved really well, uh-huh. and or er, was paved really well at one point, but it has in the fifties. <laughs> but has since like the t- asphalt's come up, fucking yeah, all kinds of potholes everywhere. And then there's another one. I forget. One of these is in Menden, and the other one Crazy. is I forget somewhere in Rhode Island. But Rhode Island, um, one of them's just dirt, and that's cool, the way cool. to go. Because like, if your dirt gets fucked up, you just move the dirt. That's super true. Yeah, and you just spray it with water, and it looks good. You, like you can make dirt look good if you yeah, you, not mud, but you, just you know, pack you just it down. Add, you can. A couple, yeah, yeah. a couple of guys with like flat shovels and a hose can. Yeah, dude, like baseball, like baseball. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know can make about. dirt look good. Yeah, for sure, and it's sustainable. We've too. We've yeah. all then, seen Fenway. 
Yes, we've all been there. I haven't. Um, Real life. Is that true? I have never been to Fenway Park. You know what's kind of insane to me is just that I wouldn't have taken you before. Because I used to go to Red Sox games, like, pretty often. Yeah, because your grandfather lived, like, sort of close to Boston. Yeah. So that was, like, a thing that you guys could do. Yeah, for me, like, going to Boston was, like, Mm -hmm. a thing that we didn't do. If I wanted to go to, like, a big city, I went to Providence more often than not. Right. It is funny where, like, living here, too, like, to talk about Massachusetts, like... I feel like a decent amount of people know where that is and what Massachusetts is about, but a lot of times it gets simplified down to Boston. Yeah. And then it's like, well, I did not live in Boston. I had barely hung out. I'd go like maybe once or twice a year. Even then it's like to hang out in a city as a kid is much different than like, like I know nothing about like Boston nightlife or whatever. You know what I mean? Even, even like shows we'd go to, were like yeah most of the time in providence or like in like alston which doesn't count like barely you know what i mean like yeah so i went to one show at uh in boston pretty recently that was like in boston proper like there were buildings around right right, like it was around the corner from like beth israel like Uh uh-huh yeah the amount of time i actually spent in in real boston like that was very little really didn't didn't like do much solo stuff there till till i was going to bridgewater because then i could take the commuter rail in and i would visit like frank or whatever um when he was going to wentworth but yeah so not not much boston not much boston hours on me really um i really like this tail end of the album i think betty was my favorite that's two tracks from now Dude, this um, album is so long. It is very long. Dude. It is very long. So that was another thing that I wanted to bring up too. So, and another little parallel, like I was talking about. I don't mean I'm. I'm really not trying to be like Taylor Swift is is just as good as George Harrison or or, or vice versa. Right. But for some reason, I just keep thinking of that stuff. It's really just the art. I think put me in that headspace. But then I'm like the amount of albums she has is kind of like similar to like an old I guess maybe that's just pop music is you put out yeah. albums that much she's but been like, around a while at this point so the fact yeah, that she has so, like a few albums out right she's at this point it's like 15 16 years she's been around yeah for real but so yeah she has self-titled 2006 fearless 2008 speak now 2010 red 2012 okay so there's some two year gaps yeah okay so it is two year gaps for the most part 1989 is 2014. Reputation is 2017. Lover is 2019. Okay, so that's a very normal amount of albums to put out. She's just been around for a while. But either way, this is like a 16-track album coming a year after right. Lover. I don't know. Which is 18 tracks. I don't know if I've mentioned this that's yet. A lot of I don't songs. think I did. I think this is about time I do the thing that I told you to remind me to do. But I didn't do. Let's hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I forgot what it was. So, so Taylor Swift around the time that Lover came out uh, yeah. was running like war the war on streaming services. Right. She was like, I'm pulling all of my music off of like Apple Music, iTunes, Spotify, this, that, the other thing. Mm-hmm. You, if you want to listen to my music, you have to buy it. Like she had this weird right, right. era of like self importance. Yeah, yeah. Mind you, okay. At the level of artist that she is, the 
streaming those songs is like the income of two regular households. I'm sure. Like a year. Like I'm sure she was making well over $400,000 in streaming revenue. But that's not even where artists make their money. And it's known that artists don't make their money when selling records. It's all merchandising. And it's all touring. And I don't know if you've ever looked at Taylor Swift tickets. Mm-hmm. But we're looking at we're looking at two hundred dollars for nosebleeds. They're outlandish. I think that was another thing that, like I was saying a couple years ago, I felt like her something about like her politics or whatever kind of turned me off. But then also, yeah, the way she is about like her shows, and that's like a big thing to me. With another reason why I can't really click into to pop music stuff so much is like that. Yeah, the shows are crazy, and it's like, it's the whole big, you know... Yeah, uh, it's a huge production. Yeah, huge production, and that makes sense, and yeah, it's going to cost money to do that or whatever, and that's probably what her fans are more looking for or whatever, but it is also just like, be respectful, because I feel like there was like, I, I forget what I was upset about. Maybe there was like some expensive meet and greet or some like weird thing or something, but something really rubbed me the wrong way with the way that she sold tickets to her shows so um what i was getting at was it looks like she's had quite a change of heart but not yeah so much so so check this out uh-huh okay so this album has come out on apple music and spotify and okay. probably everywhere else that you can stream music i'm assuming okay so mm-hmm. she's getting all the streaming revenue right but then on her website for the first two or three weeks that this was out you could only get the deluxe version of the album if you bought the album on her website okay a couple of months or not a couple a few weeks later deluxe album is released on streaming services now what I'm hearing is she's selling the album in multiple EP forms that string together okay. songs that have a story from start to finish. Really? So, like different, like various arcs. Oh, okay. Oh, so that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. But also, if you look straight through it, <laughs> she's living in a glass mm. house. She's just selling yeah. more records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She could have just as easily put out a fucking word document that was like <laughs> listen to the songs in this order or made th- four different playlists on iTunes <clears throat> yeah she could have just made different playlists but she's That's like funny. also four different EPs so now that gives her the opening to make merch for four different EPs <clears throat> is she se- like she's selling them I like- believe so I think they're like they're gonna be like releases See, that's, yeah, that's where she loses me a little bit on stuff like that, and it's kind of like, and, and you, it just becomes very transparently, like, a money thing or whatever, and, like, you know, that's fine, it is a business, this is her job, this is her livelihood and everything like that, but it is, it does feel a little bit, t- like, advantageous or, or whatever the, you know, wh- yeah, let me, whatever let you'd me, say there. Let me hop on the website here now. Um, yeah, I, I'm doing the same. Wow, the cardigan, the folklore cardigan. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, she's selling a card again. Oh man, let's see how much this costs. I'm guessing 120 bucks. Uh oh, 404. I'm getting a 404. Yeah, I'm also getting a 404. Okay, sold out. We're gonna say. Let's check the hoodie. Hoodie is sixty bucks. That's like six sixty bucks. So that's that's yeah. That's you know it's a it's, that's an expensive hoodie, but maybe it's a good blank. Uh, Bro, if I had it, I'm guessing it's a good blank. If I had the like just money to like toss around, I might get one. Dude, that actually be kind of cool. Uh, you know you know what's funny, dude? She's you doing cassettes how? too. Get the fuck out of here. That's kind of she's selling a lithograph too. Do you think that's a uh, what does that really mean? Is that like yeah. a certain type? That's a certain type of print, I believe. Oh, the cardigan's only 50 bucks. The cardigan's less than the hoodie. All right. That's actually All incredible. All right, Tay. Okay. Good Pop sockets, good looks, of course. Tay. Phone cases, of yeah, course. Got it. The t-shirt, for, for the youth, of for course. The kids. For the kids. Yo, hit us up um, on Instagram if you want us to make pop sockets. I'll fucking do it. <laughs> That'd be funny, dude. Um, a while ago, uh, Alex from All Time Low was wearing a Taylor Swift uh, cut-off tank top. He's a big, uh, and I think to to the fault of, of um, me as a fan, or, or however I should really phrase that, yep. he, like they're like so into like just just straight up pop music. But he would wear this Taylor Swift tank top for a while, and you know, like when like hardcore or pop punk bands will make like a shirt and it has like a crowd shot on the back and it has some lyrics yeah. or whatever yeah, yeah yeah yeah. it was it was one of those but it was taylor swift and it was hilarious so the, I loved there's it. a guy who makes uh custom pop sockets on etsy uh okay they're going for about uh eight bucks here and that'll have our face i bet i i bet i message the guy and go hey how much to make like 20 of them mm-hmm. and he cuts me a deal probably uh yeah it's a bulk order i think i think that's true and would we go you'd we'd probably go like the the just the logo our art yeah right? the art yeah i assume yeah cool 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 um, i love that so as you get as we draw to a close on this record mm-hmm. it, it does get very poppy one like yep. like progressively crawling out of that like darkness into some brighter songs which i yeah, i guess to- makes like, sense tonally the arrangements are pretty similar they're maybe a little bit more kind of like acoustic sounding yeah but a little more slide guitar yeah. a little more harmonica yeah um what was i going to say okay one thing like one gripe i have with this record I understand mm-hmm. where she's coming from, lyrically, right? Yeah. It makes sense that she would write lyrics that anybody could relate to. She's right. She's working off the man overboard theorem. Um, yeah, yeah. Very simple lyrics that anybody can listen to and go, I can relate to that. Right, right. But with that comes people thinking they're maybe like, not meaningless, but like, like shallow Corny. or whatever surface yeah but that yeah i feel that um it is funny to oh she mentioned the cardigan again and betty that's nice um <clears throat> yeah it's funny to listen to these lyrics and like 
like something about like car car like sitting in a car on a parking lot or something I, I forget what song she mentions that in could have been any of them but like um it just i'm picturing like taylor swift and harry styles like kind of sneaking around and in, in like and cars and parking right. lots and that's that's very funny to me that's or interesting or something and just that, to picture like, them like that's funny that you like are imagining that version of like who she dated yeah. forever ago yeah. because i also am imagining ed sheeran <laughs> did they date too yeah dude she she's yeah she she's doing good she's doing good for herself in that in that world i mean um, i mean ed sheeran like looks a little bit like a troll doll but like yeah well just the just the no yeah yeah she she's very far out of out of his league visually um but uh she just does very well for herself uh you know in general um if we're talking musicianship here top notch yeah yeah for sure talent you know talent hell if we're talking talented here ed sheeran is mind-blowingly talented Dude, Ed, we got uh, John Mayer, right? Right. Uh, Harry Styles. I forgot about John. Uh, John Mayer. That's a little fucking creepy. That one weirds me <laughs> out. Yeah. <laughs> John Mayer is a little old, dude. Because you know it was a while ago too. Like, what was she like? Twenty years old, and he's like thirty. Like, all right, John. Let's relax easy, a little easy, bit, buddy. Easy. Well, he went, dude. He dude does when, mention okay, like yeah, that he w- went through like a rough patch mentally a while back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very true, and he's uh, he's he's uh, recovered from that. And it sounds like you know, I think it, I think if he were were real problematic, I think um, I think it would have come out by now. I think he's said some things that weren't great, uh, yeah. and I think he's apologized, um, and yeah, has brought forth oh, even many years ago the fact that he what he calls himself a recovered ego ego addict or something like that. Yeah, recovering ego addict or something. Anyway. Uh, yeah, dude, and remember when she dated uh, Taylor Lautner? They were the two Taylors? Vaguely. Do you remember like, that movie? So vaguely. Do you remember that movie, Valentine's Day? I remember that you put it on the back of the headrest when we were flying to Hawaii, promptly fell asleep, and then really? I watched the whole movie. <laughs> and then I fall asleep with my head on your shoulder watching, <laughs> watching Valentine's Day. I, I watched Valentine's Day and didn't like any of it. That's so funny. And then you woke I, back up reason, and you you were like, "Oh, what should we watch next?" And then we put on Book of Eli and you Book of Eli, same thing. Knocked. <laughs> That's so funny, dude. I don't sleep as well on planes now, but um yeah, for some reason, stuff like that I really love. Just like a feel good kind of like rom-com like that. I think Ashton Kutcher's in that too. He is, yeah. Maybe my boy Zac Efron is in that. I do he might believe be in, so. I think he um <clears throat> But I, Speaking of Zac Efron, one, I have a fucking uh-huh. gripe to pick with everybody on the internet. <gasps> oh, yeah. Yeah, dude, 100%. I thought you were going to say gripe with, with, with Zac. I was going to say, whoa, dude. Don't <laughs> see Zac Efron looking more shredded than I've ever no. been in my entire life. No. And then call it a yeah. dad bod. No, I'm very frustrated by that as well. And so, you know, uh, I'm a big Efron head. Um, I have been since for, the High School Musical days. I was like a Zac Efron apologist. I like. I think. I think at the time, if I'm being honest, I think I really did not give High School Musical a fair shake because I was 10 years old and Zac Efron was, uh, you know, um, intimidatingly handsome. Yep. Um, of course. And to this day, you he know, is. 
yeah and now now we're on the same team you know i'm i'm not i'm not trying to you know whatever i can admit it now at the time i had a difficult time uh you know hand handing that over to zach of course um and so for the longest time i was kind of like oh this is annoying i don't that stuff's dumb kind of same with like jonas brothers or whatever uh and then but then when zach everyone was in neighbors i was like oh damn he's actually very funny and he's like friends with seth rogue and he must be very cool and then uh <clears throat> and then that's when he started to be like in great shape all the time and i was like damn i gotta like i was like looking up zach efron workouts and stuff he just continued to get more jacked because uh, he was very lean at that point yeah. in neighbors um and uh anyway yeah he's continued to just kind of beef out bulk up mm-hmm. and so yeah he also has like a beard and then in like what like Baywatch he's like just kind of huge and, and jacked like, and super cut so, like he's 1% a- body fat so yeah. lean like yeah, just like just shredded beyond belief like Hemsworth mm-hmm. in the first Thor movie yeah. like yeah, yeah 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 just fucking nuts shredded but you can tell that's not sustainable too. And right. he also said he was on like hot ones and he was like, I'm never going to be in that type of shape again because it just wasn't fun. It wasn't sustainable. I didn't feel good. And so now he's just like healthy. He's still but shredded but and still cut huge. He must be like what? Like 5% body fat as opposed to 1%. And yeah, right. people are like, like he still has abs, dude. And then people, and people are like, like oh, dad, oh, dad bod, bod, like dad bod, bro. Dude, he's got he's like fifty pounds of muscle on him, dude. Like he, he's an ox. Like he's not a dad. He does not have dad bod, dude. The only so, the only yeah, way he's I also dad have an issue is with because that. your girl is calling him father. <laughs> Precisely, yeah. So, yeah, you know, Zach, yeah, for sure. He's up on the guy for Christ's sake. Yeah, uh, you know. I, I like that show too, the new show. So he's, good. He's Anybody awesome. that hasn't watched it, Down to Earth with Zach Efron. A lot of fun science stuff going on. Yeah, honestly. He yeah. Really a lot a lot of interesting stuff. Super and he's just so stoked about everything. I love that. He does play the idiot, which is pretty good. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's not too he's not too cool for that. He's not too good for that. And he's he's even stoked to be in that role. To be learning. And uh Right. You know, I think we can all appreciate that. Um so so as we anyway wrap this album up like where you uh-huh. like, keep drawing towards the end here's here's one yeah. more thought i have about this yeah album's too long yep yeah it's a little we've it's been a little talking long. the entire time uh-huh. the record's been going mm-hmm. we've been talking for an hour and two yeah um like for sure <laughs> yeah how that's are you lot. ever that's gonna do a tour where you come back and you call it the folklore tour and then you play the album from start to finish yeah that'd no, be a double set nobody's I feel like she's standing doing two around sets. that long <laughs> she's, she's like the grateful dead she'll, she'll do, come out do, a, do, the, do an intermission right do the front half and then go back everybody chills out everybody can go pee yeah come back a little wardrobe change dude insane funny, dude. like oh man <laughs> Yeah, and it's funny too. Like, also, like you know, maybe maybe she's trying to step away from that world or whatever. But like, as like a pop artist too, to have a to go back to back an eighteen track album with Lover and to sixteen right. with Folklore, seventeen if you count the bonus track on the deluxe. Like, that's a lot of music. Like, that's, that's kind of crazy. The content is through the roof at this point. If you started at the beginning of her discography, 
and you were mm-hmm. just like, okay, well, I'm going to listen to all these songs until I, like, know these records. You yeah, could, take a while. You could be listening to Taylor Swift for the next 20 years. <laughs> Feels like it, dude. I um, really enjoy these, like, just straight-up piano tracks, though. Yeah, really nice. That is nice. Because they... They exude that like that like sadness right yeah just kind of somber mellow like laid back that was so that was another thing i I kept meaning to bring i feel like i keep dancing around these things i'm saying so i'm repeating myself a lot but not finishing any thoughts but the nature of this album assuming that it's all kind of done uh in either people's home studios or like you know little sporadic actual studio sessions or whatever um it made me think of What's that Foo Fighters album? Um, rope. It almost might be a self-titled. Was it? Was uh, it not? No, no, no. The one with rope on uh, it. The one where he, the one where he has the tattoo on the back of his neck, the Foo Fighters tattoo on the back oh, of his neck. Oh, that's. There's there's nothing left to lose. Okay. And when we watched that Foo Fighters documentary many moons ago, you mm-hmm. know what's crazy too? That was like. Uh, I, it, there's a lot of time that's passed since then, which is wild to me. There's been 10 years since that album, Wasting Light, came out, and, like, 10 years before that was the There's Nothing Left to Lose, yep. which seems like such weird... Anyway, um, There's Nothing Left to Lose, and that part of the documentary, Dave Grohl is talking about how, like, that whole record he wrote, like, tra- or tracked, like, he tracked all the vocals sitting on a couch or something, and, like, you could really feel that in the album, and I feel like that's what this album is like, too. It's like... Oh, like I'm picturing people's like sitting in their bedroom or, or, you know, probably not bedroom. Like I said, home studio or whatever. Probably some crazy. Yeah, but all, you know. everybody that recorded something at their house has over ten thousand dollars worth of equipment in the room that they're recording in. A hundred percent. Yeah, uh, at, at the very least. But There's no way, focus right two re- i two into a MacBook. Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. But wherever they are recording i'm picturing people sitting on couches and stuff like that. yeah like it's it's a very like laid back feeling you can tell like in the tracking and stuff you know my yeah. goal when i like you know get a house or whatever is i mm-hmm. want to have like a like an iso room where i yeah. can like put drums in it and like have like my desk for like my studio set up mm-hmm. the gaming computer all that and close myself the in whole, the, and the then just deal. have it be mm-hmm. like no sound gets out no sound gets in yeah that'd be no sound gets out yeah as you can see from right now you can see all my windows in in frame here i'm i'm honestly concerned that i've been just shouting into my neighbor's window this entire time too because these units are very close together so right uh you know my my apologies if if my if my talk of zach efron's bod is is too loud right but um but yeah, I could definitely get on some soundproofing. So what am I listening to next week? Or what are we doing next week? Dude, here we go. Okay, so I think oh, we're we're gonna do we're gonna do that. Some... Go ahead. Uh are, is this is this something that we talked about beforehand? Uh yeah. We'll go with yes, okay. we've <laughs> talked about this before. Okay, so this next episode is going to be uh we are going to talk about the no pressure ep so so this came out two days ago now in real time we are hot Uh, off the presses ladies and gentlemen yeah so and no pressure is parker cannon uh from the story so far 
we got a dude named Pat from Light Years and another dude whose initials are HC from some other bands that I should probably know but don't know. Um, Who cares? And yeah <laughs> but so the credits this are is so real... terrible on this record you don't know who anybody uh-huh. is very much you know kind of very independent release it's literally just like the three of them kind of tossing this stuff together i think we'll talk more about that on the actual episode but yeah brand new uh a, a sh- very short it's a five song ep nine minutes so you know you know the deal there dude it's, it's slammers and bangers excited. and yeah very excited very exciting time for for uh you know to get some juice back in the scene you know um so we're gonna talk we're we're gonna talk about this one next it might be a might be a shorty might be a shorty yeah might be a bonus might be about but either i I think it'll be yeah yeah we might release this as a bonus episode i'd like it for it to be a full episode but i think the it's all kind of i think the fact of the matter is is it's only going to be like a 25 minute episode and i'm probably going to release it on like a thursday or something so Yep, keep, bonus Thursday or something like oi, that. Either way. Keep your oi balls out for that. Oi. And yeah. if you don't listen to so, the bonus episode, so. you won't know what I'm going to listen to the next Tuesday. So yeah. fucking so you gotta listen keep on up. Track. You got to keep on track. Yeah. All right. That's an app. I've been Andrew. I've been Eric. And this has been the Nobody's Listening to This Music Podcast. Rate, review, fucking comment, send it to your mom. Uh, y- You know. Our moms like it. I don't. My mom doesn't really even know that I have this podcast. I don't, I don't really think. I don't think yeah, my mom listens. I think to my it. mom. I think my mom only listened to the first. couple. I think if it. I say like "Hi, Eric's mom," will she'll mm-hmm. like tweet at me or some or like tag me on Instagram? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, see you later, guys. Rebecca gave up on the Rhode Island set.